Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Jason, I found a joke for you. Um, it's a very small genre of jokes. It's a dad tech joke. Oh, Jesus. Well, you're in, you're in the right place. I know. I know. That's why I brought it here. Here we go. I was walking down the street where the houses were numbered 64K, 128K, 256K, 512K, and one megabyte. That was a real trip down memory lane. Oh, God. Come on. That's good. No, it's not. That would <laughs> bad. Oh, I love it. Uh, my son doesn't get you that. You would. Someday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I saw this article last night as I was uh, I was finishing up Picard, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Yes, uh, but I was I was scanning through during a commercial break because I, I don't mind not paying the extra couple bucks for the Paramount Plus to get the commercials because that gives me an opportunity, well, to go refill wine or things like that nature. <laughs> okay. So I don't mind. Uh, but I saw this and I thought about you and well, I and and the show because we've talked about this sort of thing a long time. You know, it's the old adage: if you can't do it, teach. But it's more insidious than that. It's something we've always talked about. It's it's people that jump on the gravy train early, right? Yes. Something something will pop up and they manage to make a bunch of money doing it. And then once everybody catches on to the grift and the bullshit, you can't make money doing it anymore. So what do you do, Jason? You teach them how to grift. You open up a store and teach them how to grift. The, uh, Brian, that was episode one of this yes. show. We're yes, 500, 595 episodes in and we're back to the beginning. Time becomes Nothing a loop. changes, Jason. Time becomes a loop. Oh, God. <laughs> so the influencer grift has matured to its final form now. Yes, there is an entire phalanx. Lots of people, lots of ex-influencers out now getting rich by teaching you how to become an influencer to get rich. Yeah. I, I read this article. I read most of this article. I skimmed yeah. some of it. Some of it was pretty good. Some of it was just like, um, made my head hurt. But the thing about this is, yes, there are a lot of people making money in online courses. Mm -hmm. I get that. And now people are making money, teaching people how to make money, making online courses, which <laughs> I, I swear to God, we did. This is just deja vu. Yeah. Um, now I tried to make an online course with my podcasting stuff during the lockdown and the one thing that I wish I had was an actually actually a good course on how to make an online course. So they are actually useful at some point. But when everybody's giving you a course on how to make a course, it becomes a little noisy and stupid. Um, yes. But I mean, I wish that these I, I worked with Teachable a bit to get my course out there and they were pathetic at trying to teach me how to make a course. And, you know, they held my hand. They held my hand until they got my checks. And once they got my checks, they're like, and I didn't get anybody to sign up for my, you know, my pre pre-sale, which they told me I had to do. I had to do the yep. videos. I had to do all this shit. And when nobody signs up, they, here, here, this was their reply. They're like, yeah, sometimes people just don't want what you're selling. Like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and your fucking eye holes. Well, they're not wrong. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not wrong. But they, I mean, the, the hype that they give you until they get your thousand dollar check is just ridiculous. Well, the ego Jason, stroking. Jason, Come on. Think, think <laughs> of all the podcast houses that came to us with the promises of the moon and the sun and the stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we are still in the basement. Yep. Yep. 
It's funny too. I was listening to the Accidental Tech podcast, which launched like almost exactly the same time we did. They mm-hmm. have less, they have or, sorry, fewer episodes than we do by right. far, um, but in in a ten x audience as well than we do. Huh, but interesting. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you have that going on. But anyway, I don't feel so bad about asking people to go to Patreon.com/slash/GOG and sign up to help keep us on the air because. Even they are doing the same thing. Everybody is out hat in hand right now with the podcast stuff. So well, if yeah. you advertising models collapsed. We all know that. Yes, we've lost lots of advertisers so far mm-hmm. this year, and it's only March. Great. So patreon.com slash GOG. Anyway, so j- just so we don't have to go out and start selling courses on how to do a podcast, you know, because right. that yeah. obviously isn't going to work. At um, least you've got you one know, in the can if we need it. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, or what you can do right now is go write a book. On ChatGPT, which is the new craze. And uh, uh, because if you do a search for ChatGPT on Amazon, of course, there is the ChatGPT millionaire and the GPT-4 millionaire, the future of business. And I love this. Making money online has never been this easy from Neil Dagger. Mm. (laughs) But I love this. How much does his book cost? Zero dollars. How's that work for you, Neil? I don't get that. He's raking it in. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's, you know what he's going to do? He's going to make money at scale. He's going to scale up. That's right. how he's going to do it. Uh, so after I read your article and then I found the, the, you know, the GPT grifters on Amazon, I'm like, let's, let's go to chat GPT and ask it a question now that I have access to GPT-4. And I said, can you give me some terms for these, uh, these snake oil salesmen that are uh, peddling AI? And uh, it gave me a ton of them. And I just I just had to keep going and going and going. So here's some of the top ones. Sleazebot strategists, mm-hmm. chatter fraud connoisseurs, right. deceit bot dealers. I do love the alliteration, by the way. It's doing pretty good with that. Although then we get to uh, uh, duplicitech whisperers, uh, shady chatsmiths. And my favorite, though, so far definitely is bamboozle brokers. I think That's that a is a good one. I think that's a good one. There's a, there's a bunch of other ones, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we need new terms for these people. Talkbot tricksters is okay. I don't artificial know. We can just yeah. go back with the original. Go back to Mel Brooks himself. Bullshit artists. Yep. We got that one. <laughs> uh, I, so now that I am on chat GPT with GPT-4, since mm-hmm. I you know, am a uh, <laughs> chat GPT plus subscriber. I asked this time, have you ever heard of Jason DeFilippo? Because ChatGPT originally in its original form had no idea who I was. Right. But it kind of could give us a breakdown of grumpy old geeks. Yes. So here, here's – this is great. So I, I'm going to get to a point here. Yes, I'm familiar with Jason DeFilippo. He is a web developer, technology consultant, and podcast producer. Jason has an extensive background in web development and has worked on projects for high-profile clients such as Microsoft, Adobe, and MTV. Additionally, he's been involved in podcasting since the early days of the medium, producing and hosting shows like The Cyber Jungle and Grumpy Old Geeks. Grumpy Old Geeks is a podcast he co-hosts with Brian Schulmeister, where they discuss technology, internet culture, and the impact of these on society. Jason DePilippo has also contributed to the field of podcasting with his technical expertise, helping to develop podcast hosting and distribution platforms. Wow. No. You've been busy doing stuff that you haven't told me about. Yeah, yeah, especially working for Microsoft, Adobe, and MTV. None of which I ever have. I've worked for every major motion picture studio, but I've never worked for 
those guys at I all. I bet it pulled Microsoft from me because I have. I think so. so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So I, I gave it the thumbs down. I went went through and I was I'm like, let's see how this works. So I gave it the thumbs down mm-hmm. and I said I, I said, uh, yeah, Jason has never worked for Microsoft, Adobe, or MTV. So then it gave me the option of, hey, okay, so that was that was the problem. How's this new answer? Is this new answer better? Or is the old answer better? Or neither answer is better? Or skip this step. So I, it gave me a new answer. Here's the new answer. Yes, Jason DeFilippo is a podcast producer and web developer known for his work in the podcasting industry. He's been involved with podcast production since the early days of the medium and has produced several popular podcasts. Jason is also the co-founder of Grumpy Old Geeks, a podcast that discusses technology, the internet, and related topics. Throughout his career, he has worked with a variety of notable podcasters and has helped shape the industry. Okay, Mm -hmm. closer, closer. But the reason I put this in here is, I can change the results on chat GPT by just giving a thumbs down and changing the answer, yep. which then will become public for the rest of the people who search on chat GPT. Yes. Uh, With no oversight. None. Have at it, people. Yep. Go for Go it. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> we have no Wikipedians to, to police these results. So by all means, fucking have at it. Well, like we said from the beginning, that is the biggest problem with this. It is self-learning from bullshit. It is itself a giant (laughs) bullshit artist. It goes back to the earliest days of computing. Garbage in, garbage out. Uh, Chat BA. There we go. In the news. Okay, so Amazon has said that you guys got to come back to the office. And Mm -hmm. they said, ah, we don't want to. Yeah. Which which we've seen happen over and over again. So Beth Galetti, mm-hmm. Amazon's SVP of People Experience and Technology, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Pet. HR. <laughs> yes, the pet. Because you are pets to Amazon. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And sometimes you have to sleep outside and sometimes you have to come in the house. Sometimes oh, you got to piss in a bottle. Yes, that's true. Oh, wait, that's not for the white collar workers. That's just for the drivers who aren't actually oh. technically employees. No, and uh, and the and the warehouse workers too. Don't don't yeah. forget them. Yeah. They, 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 everybody gets to pee in a bottle unless you wear a white collar. Uh, so they said that you have to start coming back to the office three times a week, starting in mm-hmm. May. Okay. Thirty thousand people filled out a petition that said we don't wanna. I don't know. Three times a week seems fair to me. I like seems the hybrid model. Yeah. Hybrid model is a hundred percent fair. Yeah, and and here's here's some of the replies. They, they started a new Slack channel to bitch and moan about it. Mm-hmm. I'm collapsing here. I'm sorry. I feel like a total failure. Come in and work. Do as you're told. I'm crying as my family prepares a meal. What the fuck does that mean? I don't even understand. I don't that. get it. Come in and work. Do as you're told. Yes, it's a fucking job. You, you get paid. That's the point. You get a paycheck. Yeah. You Show come in. Fucking work. You work and you do as you're told. And you get two days to work from home. Yes. Jeez. Just do a hybrid model. Hybrid models are fair. I'm sorry. It is fair. Here's another one. I recovered from alcoholism by working from home, and now I don't know. Well, Um, you must be the only person that went that direction. Most people I know became alcoholics from work from home. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I look, you can recover from alcoholism any way you want. If you have a job that is making you an alcoholic – then you might want to find another job. As I would argue, alco- oh, I would argue a lot harder to drink on the job while in an office than at home. Yeah, 
Um, as as a as a current recovering alcoholic, I I'm fine with Zoom. I I have met hundreds of people now in the past. Oh what? Oh, I'm 86 days sober, by the way. Um, Congratulations! In 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 my hundreds of meetings that I've taken, thank I God have you a, haven't had to go into an office. That might have seriously? all gone by the wayside. I have done in-person meetings. I it, it's easier than three times a week. I've only done I go twice a week, and I'm right. sober. It's great. Uh, hundreds of meetings though I've done on Zoom since that time, and almost everybody I've met got sober on Zoom. You can do it. You don't have to. You you can still get a job. You can still go to work. These are stupid arguments. I'm crying as my family prepares a meal. Um, how Where does did that, you... how did how did your family pay for that meal? Oh. By you going to work. Well, more importantly, I'm, I'm, where did you go buy the elements to go purchase? Where did you go purchase <laughs> the stuff to make that meal? Well, thank God they went into the office. Oh, oh that's right. That's right. I'm, I'm sorry. This is a white collar problem. This is this is a privileged person problem. This work from home thing. Again, I I am a hundred percent opposed to the uh, arbitrarily deciding that everybody has to go back to work to an office full time. That's bullshit. We have proven you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. But hybrid, hundred percent fair. Stop 100% fucking fair. whining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's got different circumstances. I know it's hard with thirty thousand people bitching and moaning that they don't want to go. But you know what? I don't want to go to work every day. I'm standing here doing this. I don't want to get up and come. I don't want to be this doing shit. this podcast. Yeah. If I but, had a choice, mm-hmm. I'd be sitting on the couch reading right now. Yeah. If we could get paid for just doing that, <laughs> yeah. Sure, that's fine. It's cool. I mean, yes, I could be. I could be. And uh, I could be being a total shit about this, but 30,000 people, seriously, I mean. And these are, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I don't know everybody's specific circumstances, but this is, these are highly paid professionals at Amazon in general. No that shit. That's about what, here. That's we're, what we're I'm saying. Talk, warehouse workers have had to go to work. Drivers have had to go to work. The vast majority of the workforce that actually pays your bills, that that makes the money that actually goes to your paycheck Amazon people that are bitching about this, they've had to go to work even during the pandemic. Those Uber drivers that take you to the office that you don't want to go to, they have to go to work. Yeah. <sighs> no, I'm sorry. It's, it's, we, we've been too nice for the past decade with these goddamn tech workers. And I know I was there. I was one of the, the little coddled bitches, you know, <laughs> and you know, it's time to put your big boy pants on and seriously, just get back to work. Yeah. Uh, Considering all the layoffs going on, shut the fuck up. Yeah, speaking of layoffs, (laughs) someone that uh, Elon Musk laid off at Twitter decided to leak a huge chunk of the source code on GitHub. And nobody noticed (laughs) for months. I mean, it's funny because Mm -hmm. we, you know, we like to crap on Elon and what he's done to Twitter. And, uh, you know, it's good for a chuckle. Boy, is that illegal. So illegal. (laughs) Boy, is that a dick move. And here's here's what I really love the uh, the username on GitHub that the person used free speech enthusiast. Okay, that's <laughs> Which was, that very was funny. funny. <laughs> that's that's pretty fucking funny. Come on, you're I still gonna end up in jail, free speech enthusiast. But high five. Yeah, good good one, good one, <laughs> good one on your way to jail. I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god. Yes. Uh, apparently, apparently, uh, they've never heard of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Over no, I there. guess not. You know, we've talked about that multiple times on this show about uh, about our policies, both you and I, about what we do when we uh, when we lose a client or we we you know we get fired by someone or we leave a situation. We keep our hands effing clean. Yes, 
Turn over every single credential. Make sure, test it that they changed your passwords. Do not give them any loophole to come after you in the future. This is just technology 101. And and what you don't do is you don't steal a huge chunk of the source code and put it on GitHub where they track you. (laughs) So, oh, Jesus. So, yeah. Uh, somebody's going to have a bad day because, yes, they, uh, they, uh, a U.S. district court up in Northern California has given uh, permission for Twitter to get the information from GitHub to go after this person. Of course they have. Yes. Because there's law. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I, you know, 15 years ago, you could get away with this shit. Nowadays, no. Everything's you tracked. Can't do it. Come on. Give me a break. Yeah. yeah seriously. <laughs> everything is tracked. Um and here's another another fun one, and, and I love they rolled this into the same article. Twitter has uh, launched verified organizations, mm-hmm. so it's another way for uh, Elon to get a few bucks back. Uh, the program will reportedly cost a thousand dollars a month, and you get a gold check mark. Oh Yay! My. We're uh, all and the colors then, of the rainbow on Twitter now. <laughs> yeah, and another fifty bucks per verified user under that organization. Wow. Ouch! Yeah. Yeah, I, I so, saw um, I saw on Twitter, actually, like almost every like all news organizations are basically coming out and saying we will not be purchasing blue checks for our reporters. We will not be purchasing blue checks for our employees because they become meaningless. <laughs> absolutely meaningless. Now it yeah. just shows that you're a sucker. Yep, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, and now that uh, now that that is in place, uh, Elon says that on your for you tab. Mm-hmm. Which is the one that everybody fucking hates. Yeah, because it's basically Elon Musk and a bunch of right wing fucknuts. And people who paid to have their account verified now. You, it's only right going to show verified nuts. accounts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So the Venn uh, diagram of those two overlap, Jason. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. So, uh, yeah, that's going. And now this last bit is kind of funny. William Shatner got a little butt hurt because he had to pay $8 a month to maintain his check mark. Yep. And uh, Elon responded with, there shouldn't be a different standard for celebrities, in my opinion. Oh my God, you hypocritical piece of shit. Unlike the different standard he has set for himself, he he, yes. he changed the entire code base to promote his own tweets. I know. I oh know. I know. And then the, it, then the platformer came out and said, ahem, ahem, you guys have <laughs> always had VIP access for celebrities. And here's just a few of them. So, um, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, but it's it's kind of sad. You know, William Shatner, first he was snubbed by Bezos. Now he's being snubbed by Elon Musk. You know, what did poor William Shatner do, do to deserve all this? And the then man I, is in his 90s. Let him be. Let well, him be the Shat. <laughs> The Let the shat. shat be the shat. Let the shat scat. Yeah. But, you know, he, he, I, I was just thinking, though, that, you know, he was kind of a dick most of his life. So yeah. maybe it's <laughs> I guess it's karmic payback. Yeah. It is kind of karmic <laughs> payback. I'm like, if you talk to anybody like William Shatner, once he hit 80, kind of turned he OK. He mellowed out. Yeah. 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 But from from zero to 79.9 he was kind of a dick so just ask george takei yeah <laughs> or anybody else that's ever worked with him apparently yeah. oh well uh microsoft is reportedly going to focus on uh two completely different things in my opinion mm-hmm. security and ai Woo! i don't think those are compatible in the next version of windows Okay. That's just me. So they're working on a new modern version of Windows with better security and faster updates. Uh, this initiative called Core PC will allow Ooh. Windows to scale better for different devices while still supporting legacy apps just as well as their products always have, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Uh, they're also reportedly working on a version of Core PC to rival Apple Silicon, which the iPhone maker began shipping in New Max more than two years ago. Their Silicon-optimized variant would enhance the operating system's performance capabilities when tied to specific hardware, like their own, of course. And uh, they're going to bake AI into the project. Its plans include artificial intelligence to analyze on-screen content and provide appropriate contextual cues. <laughs> oh, that's going to go over Boy, well. Boy, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's look at everything you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. You know, I mean, even, what is it, in my old Xbox, you could not even, if you had your own uh, file, the video file that you wanted to play, didn't matter what it was. Mm -hmm. It could have been a, a video of your dogs that you wanted to play on your TV. You could not load that onto your Xbox and actually play it without the Xbox being connected to the internet so it could do the copyright checks on it to make sure that you weren't doing something nefarious. So with the, imagine with the thing that you purchased yourself with your own money and that you own. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So imagine what that's going to be like when the entire operating system is doing that. I mean, Jesus, look at the backlash that Apple got when they were just trying to get rid of kitty porn. Yep. This is everything. They want they want the AI to look at everything you do. Who thought this was a good idea? Who thought this was a good idea? <sighs> yeah. Uh, another great idea. Uh, since we've got, you know, Bingbot now, who mm -hmm. is uh, – well – they're trying to monetize that already. So they're putting ads into the results that you get back from BingBot. <sighs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> give, give it at least a little bit of breathing room. Jesus. <laughs> Great. It's not like they're hurting for cash. No. Microsoft's fine. We don't need to do that. You should not. <sighs> they're trying to off, make back that $10 billion they just gave to OpenAI. I suppose they are, yeah. Uh, in more AI use, Google has unveiled AI-powered planning tools to help beat climate change extreme heat. So this will uh, basically push extreme weather alerts to users in affected locations, providing helpful, easy-to-understand information about the event through the search page, whether through it's a winter storm warning, flood advisory, tornado warning, or what have you. They've added extreme heat alerts to that list, Googling details on the event, like is it fucking hot? Is it just me? We'll return everything from the predicted start and end dates of the heat wave to medical issues to be aware of, such as dying, and how to mitigate their impacts, such as get the fuck inside where there's air conditioning if you can afford it, you rich bitch. Yep. The company is partnering with the Global Heat Health Information Network. <laughs> to ensure that the information provided is both accurate and applicable. That's the sound you make as your house catches fire and you're burned to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I was thinking, like, couldn't you actually maybe point that AI at how to stop climate change instead well, of just warning us? Brian, Brian. Oh, wait, we know you how make, to stop climate change. Yeah, yeah. You don't you do make, it. You make money with the you make money with the medicine, not the cure. So, right. Right. You know, don't forget that. Uh, the one thing I did kind of thought I thought was interesting, but again, what the fuck does AI have to do with any of it? Google has developed Tree Canopy, a feature within the company's Environmental Insights Explorer app, which combines AI and aerial imagery so cities can understand their current tree coverage. I think just the aerial imagery covers that. <laughs> okay. Just me. You can kind of see where the trees are and where they aren't from the photos themselves. <laughs> Tree or not, the new yeah, the new tree app. Tree or not. <laughs> oh, God. oh God, this stuff is so fucking dumb. I can't believe we talk about this every week. All right, I know. Next. Ten years, we're still back to the same fucking starting spot. Oh God. 
Oh, you're not. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Uh, Well, speaking of climate change, (laughs) it's good to laugh as you're going over the fucking edge. Trust me, man. If you can't find humor in it, what's the fucking point? Um, Scientists have created the world's lightest paint in just three pounds can cover a Boeing 747. Okay, great. Uh, Researchers have developed a new energy-saving paint that repels heat, comes in any color, and should last centuries. It's also the lightest... Never mind. I'm I'm stopping there. Okay. I just want to... A for effort. 100% A for effort. But Jesus fucking Christ, do we need more shit that's going to last for centuries? Can we get some paint that's light and biodegrades, please? (laughs) Also, uh, unintended consequences are going to come calling on this. Oops, we discovered it causes cancer. Yeah, and it's everywhere and it lasts forever. <laughs> and we've put it everywhere and it lasts forever and you can't scrape it off. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I love this. This is great. This is what science is great at. I do like this. Um, I like the idea. I, I, we, I don't necessarily... Yeah, lasting forever, not a great idea. Um, Brought but, to you uh, by Monsanto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, I painted my house Agent Orange. <laughs> hmm. Great band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw this one, uh, which, uh, uh, <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Tech leaders and AI experts demand a six-month pause on out-of-control AI experiments. An open letter signed by tech leaders and prominent AI researchers has called for AI labs and companies to immediately pause their work. Signatories like Steve Wozniak and Elon Musk agree risks warrant a minimum six-month break from producing technology beyond GPT-4 to enjoy existing AI systems, allowing people to adjust and ensure they are benefiting everyone. Okay, where do we Uh start? I'll let you you dive in. (laughs) Okay, well, Steve Wozniak doesn't have any any place in the modern tech, you know, conversation. I'm sorry, he's done. He's busy playing Segway Polo, and he's got an online course, you know, so... Steve, go be Steve. Uh, I love you. Big hugs. But yeah, come on. Uh, Elon, you hypocritical piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) To start with. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, OpenAI, who was one of the founding members of OpenAI? Well, yeah. Um, Also, you know what would be a good idea to have a six-month pause on? Tesla self-driving. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So actually longer than that, maybe. because 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. Let's keep, yeah. let's keep it 20 years. Rolling 20 years. Uh, this is ridiculous. And, you know, it, it comes back to, A, it's a dumb idea. B, it's a dumb idea. C, it's a game. It's a, you know, a play for a lot of people to say, oh, the six months, we can catch up in six months. <laughs> we can figure out That's our shit. That's what a so, lot of know. it feels like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of these signatures have turned out to be fake, by the way. And this is just, it's a mess and it's stupid mm-hmm. and it's just, ugh. Yeah, there's a great piece about it called A Misleading Open Letter About Sci-Fi AI Dangers Ignores the Real Risk from the AI Snake Oil Newsletter, which I highly recommend signing up for. It's a really good newsletter. <laughs> it's right up our alley. Um, yeah, and they had uh, – it, it just – it breaks down the arguments that the letter makes and how it – all of it makes no sense and is stupid. So go check that out. It's worth a read. And, and definitely sign up for AI Snake Oil. It's a great newsletter. Uh, Italy, on the other hand, has said, no, we're, we don't want your chat GPT in our country now, too. Uh, so they are saying that they want a moratorium on chat GPT and all AI for Italian citizens. Okay. And they're, they're coming back with saying, you know, there's problems here with GDPR. Yes, and there we are. Want it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> where did you get this information? How does yes. it know about these people? What's going on? It's, it is the black box problem. So, 
there it's going to be interesting how this is going to play out over Europe because uh, uh, OpenAI does not have any like business presence in the EU or anything like that. So basically, they have opened the door for every single country in the EU to come after them and say, "Hey, <laughs> you know what's the problem going on here?" And uh, yeah, this is going to be you can get away with that silly accent because your last name's DeFilippo. I'm Italian. Yes, I, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh God, you want to hear some bad Italian accents? Wait till, uh, I think April 10th is when the uh, the labors of Ercule will come out that I was on, that I mentioned that I was going on last week. We had a blast, by the way. Oh, good. Uh, Adam and Frankie are awesome. We had so much fun. It was a, it was just a, it was so much fun. We talked for like an hour and a half. Uh, hopefully they <laughs> will edit it down some, but since the episode that we talked about was only 45 minutes, but that's how that kind of thing goes. But anyway, lots of bad Italian accents on that one. Uh, this is just going to happen over and over again. And it's, we're at the beginning of, uh, I want to say this kind of tech backlash. We have a lot to thank Bitcoin for right now in, in cryptocurrencies. Yep. Because Everybody saw how that got out of hand because everybody's like, this is the greatest thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> there goes the economy. Um, now people are trying to get out in front of it when all these big, you know, tech leapfrogs and technology come come about. So I see this as an ongoing issue, not just the open letters, but actual governments who don't know what the fuck they're talking about getting involved. I'm sure including our own. Yeah. Um, well, but- I would argue not just not just Bitcoin uh, metaverse also. Uh, one of the reasons that we're having this tech backlash right now, we saw, you know, Mark Zuckerberg pour billions of dollars of companies tell, basically trying to ram metaverse down our throats. Uh, NFTs. Uh, oh, yeah. All, the, all NFTs as well. Uh, let's not forget the blockchain. So many things just shoved down our throats that nobody wants, that don't get adopted, that just billions upon billions of dollars were squandered on. Fortunes were made. Classes were made. <laughs> uh you know it's just it's just continues and and you know you and i called the metaverse dead on arrival on arrival uh then it it took a long time for people to catch up with us and it's finally started to come around to the fact that yes it's dead even disney has reportedly shut down its metaverse division now all 50 or so team members as part of a broader restructuring process have been laid off so no more metaverse for disney because they've smelled it on the wind (laughs) nobody cares nobody wants it how about you just make what you do now better better um well well, you know what they're going to do they they took all those people the 50 people that were on that team moved them over to the hall of presidents ai division (laughs) so now you can go have a conversation with abe lincoln and richard nixon when you go to the hall of presidents that's i have such fond memories of that as a child yep as a child as an adult it's like oh this is worse than chuck e cheese yeah uh, so dancing back over to crypto, crypto giant Binance has been charged with violating U.S. trading and derivatives laws. Uh, I haven't busted this one out for a while, Jason. Here it comes. Sh- <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Had that one pent up for a while. <laughs> uh, the company supposedly offered unregistered crypto derivatives, didn't ask users for mandatory identity verification, structured itself to avoid U.S. regulations, and even told customers how to dodge its own compliance system for U.S.-based customers. Don't. Oh. Oops. Found- <laughs> the founder, Cheng Peng Zhao, uh, directed much of the rule-breaking himself. There All are right. currently chats and emails as evidence. Uh, among other things, he purportedly encouraged American users to mass trades through a VPN <laughs> and even create new accounts through shell companies. Wow. Yeah, this is all going well. 
I wonder if Sam, Sam Bankman Freed's parents have an extra room for, for this guy to hang out while they're waiting trial. Uh, and then more big companies doing bad. Google has been found to vi- have violated an order to save chat evidence in the Epic Antitrust case. Oops. So they basically found out that uh, Google said, eh, don't ask, don't tell about all their employees keeping all the messages that they were ordered by law to keep for the trial. Eh. Eh, well, you want to delete them? Eh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Eh, nobody <laughs> cares. Oh, wait, people care? Oh, shit. We're in trouble? Oh, oh shit. <laughs> And, and, and what I love is that we know that nothing ever gets deleted, ever. So, but, so okay, you think about this and you go, okay, surely this is just a bunch of mid-level uh, Google employees that are trying to, you know, save their own bacon and just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get dragged into this. No, not so much. In 2021, <laughs> Google CEO Sundar Pichai allegedly wrote, also, we can change the setting of this group to history off. And then he attempted to delete that message a few seconds later. <laughs> Oh, dear. Google employees also reportedly switch off chat histories when discussing topics such as revenue sharing and mobile app distribution agreements, as well as a project that involves changing commission rates for Google Play. Oh, You would think that a company that sucks in every single bit of data about us and doesn't let us delete it would know better. Nah. Nah. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once. They continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. 
Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Media Candy. Brian, on your recommendation, I went and watched The Menu. All right. What would you think? Fantastic movie. <laughs> it was great, right? Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, not what I thought. Not at all what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I thought it was definitely going to be one thing because it's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, nope, that wasn't it. (laughs) (laughs) And basically the girl from, uh, what, Queen's Gambit almost naked the whole time (laughs) didn't really hurt. That doesn't doesn't hurt, no. (laughs) No, that didn't hurt one bit. Um, What a great great little movie. I love it. Yeah, it it was fun. I mean, it's not going to change the world or anything, but I mean, just just, uh, it was immaculately directed, perfectly acted, well-written smart and uh surprising so yeah i loved it i yeah. absolutely loved it um yeah. then i watched uh, mh370 the plane that disappeared why uh, the fuck did you do that because there, there was nothing else on <laughs> wow that's <laughs> scraping a barrel man it really was it really was and i'm just that's why i'm here to tell you just don't skip it skip it because you know nobody nobody knows they don't know they don't nobody, have any answers they don't know no, there was some there were some fun conspiracy theories in there and some that were just Dumb shit, stupid. Yeah, just, oh, God, that was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Burt Kreischer has a new special out called Razzle Dazzle. And I've been a Burt Kreischer fan for a long time. And we actually ended up turning this off at the beginning because it was so bad. Uh, yeah. Then we, I went back and tried it again. It picks up at about 17 minutes in the last 40 minutes or so are decent. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's I, 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 he's his shtick is kind of getting a little old, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah very old but uh picard did mm. i did catch the latest episode of picard last night mm-hmm. um some more fan service on this oh, one. Oh, for sure <laughs> oh yeah um uh, but i have to say that uh 
I I am still digging it. I'm still digging the shit out of it. I'm just sad it's almost over. I know. That's the thing. I mean, have you seen the push online to do a Star Trek uh, legacy show? No. Uh, with the kids and then the, the the adults will pop in every now and then and give words of wisdom and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like let's let it go. Let's let's I have a big finale and and call it a day. But uh, I, I'm loving it too. I it really it was a, it was a pretty bleak episode. It's always darkest before the dawn, Jason. Yes, it is. So, but uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. And uh, what we get like four more, five more. I don't know. Is that it? I, I, I was thought even I, hell. I was thinking we we're going to get like two more. So I'm, I'm happy with whatever we get. Yeah, me but too. Uh, the more the merrier because there's a, they got a you know. But yeah, some of it was yeah. But goddamn, that uh, I what's her name? The captain of the the other ship, the changeling chick. Oh my god, she can act! <laughs> Holy shit, can she act? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's so good, good so yeah. good. Uh, we had the two episode season finale of the Bad Batch. Uh, I thought you now, quit that. No, I've kept it going. Well, I was not going to watch any more than I found out it was the season finale, right? Like a two episode season finale. And <laughs> Sunk if, I've been, if I've been that far, <laughs> I might as well finish it up, right? And after I finished watching it, I had to go read the reviews to make sure I'm not crazy. And all the reviews are like, why wasn't the show like this the entire season? Oh, so this, it was good. This good was ending? awesome. Yes. Okay. <laughs> both show, both episodes were riveting, highly enjoyable, moved the Star Wars universe forward. Great cliffhangers. Like it was really good. I'm like, the whole season sucked, but these two episodes are awesome. <laughs> so there okay. you go. Uh, I guess we can wait on Mandalorian until Dave. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Shrinking also had its season finale, which I, I think it was like a week and a half ago, actually. And I, I just getting around to putting it in the show notes now. What a phenomenal feel good show. If you have not watched it yet, Jason, uh, I highly recommend it. It's just I got to episode beautiful. five and got stuck. Uh, okay. just, I just, I'm waiting to get the, the inspiration to get back to it, but I enjoyed it up to that point, but it's just, you have to be in a right mood. I think oh, I agree with that show. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Haven't been in that mood yet. So yeah. I'll get I, I w- went back to try to watch severance again and I've just oh, decided why? I'm never going to be in the mood and I'm don't, done. so don't, yeah. don't, I mean, that's eight hours. You're never going to get back. That yeah. is the same thing as the bad batch. It's like the last, like. Half, the last half of the last episode was decent, and mm-hmm. the rest of it is just set up, set up, set up. That makes right. it's just not worth it. the juice ain't worth the squeeze, as they say. Yep, yep. And uh, finally, watch some Ted Lasso. Two episodes. I love it. Great show. Okay. Great show. It, I think it's lost a bit of its magic, and I do hope they wrap it up after the end of the season. Although I'm hearing rumors they're not going to, uh, but still enjoying it. So okay, uh, you, you got to pick up. Uh, you got to get to the latest episode, episode three. It's is really good. I, I I think they got they did lose a little. It kind of peaked and went down a little bit, and then came back up for episode three. So oh, good, can't wait. Watch. Yeah, it. I'll no. be watching it tonight. It's it's that show that my wife and I schedule. Like I'm not allowed to watch it without her. She's not right. allowed to watch it without me. So we have to time it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Netflix, Netflix has made a last minute deal to retain Arrested Development streaming rights because we've been talking about this on and off recently about how scattered everything is and how things are being dropped. And, yep. uh, you know, like some some shows like if Netflix drops Arrested Development completely, the last two seasons were only on Netflix. So where would they ever go? Nowhere. 
Oh yeah. They just disappear into the ether. So it's it's good to see that they're trying to like save some of these things, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen with all this stuff. Yeah, we need yeah. a we need a new channel that is just all the shit that's been dropped. Yeah. Like with HBO Max dropping everything left and right, you know, there needs a place for this stuff to live. Maybe yeah. just get a bargain basement channel out there that can buy all this stuff, you know, <laughs> at at fire sale prices. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we got some Star Trek news. Strange New World Season 2 will premiere June 15th. So I'm assuming that will be shortly after Picard ends to keep that subscription going from suckers of like me. Man, uh, me too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it has been announced that they will have a Season 3 already. So that's good news. Uh, Star Trek Lower Decks will be coming back as well in August for a fourth season and has been greenlit for a fifth season as well. All right. All right. And uh, Paramount Plus has ordered, I love this, diverse, teen-focused Star Trek Academy or Starfleet Academy series. Um, yeah, a hat tip to Adam Spiegelman for this one. He was the first one to send us a, a note about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wesley Crusher yeah. is the principal. Yeah, that's, uh, Trader Stavros uh, called it Star Trek Saved by the Bell on on Discord. Um, I personally prefer Melrose Space or a Stardate nine zero two one zero. I got to give I got to give a hat tip to uh, old our old friend Jeff Koga uh, for Melrose Space. Remember that show Space Above and Beyond from yes, I do. was it Morgan and Wong back in the day? Yep, that was on when we worked when we first met and worked together at Box Top. That's why I remember that when he, oh. when he coined that because we used to watch that show and come in and talk about it at the office. Space Above and Beyond. Um, it was a decent show, I thought, but it definitely was Melrose Space. <laughs> Look, I don't mind the idea of this idea. I like the idea of a Starfleet Academy show that's a bit uh, for younger kids. Uh, I like that because as we discussed, I I still don't understand who Star Trek Prodigy is for. No, I don't either. And, and at all. Aiming something at younger adults I think is is first off it's smart. It'll get kids into Star Trek. And mm-hmm. uh, secondly, I I'm intrigued by it. I would watch it. I don't like Prodigy though. I don't get it. So. Oh yeah, no. Not a not a fan of that at all. Yeah. I cuz I I still get confused. I'm like, am I watching Star Wars or am I watching Star Trek? Because the animation styles are so weird. I, I just – I couldn't watch it. Yeah. I, I literally got just like universe confusion <laughs> when I watched it. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Succession's back by the way. I don't know if you watched the first episode. Uh, also, that is another show that is only uh, watchable when my wife and I schedule combined. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we hopefully this weekend I'll be watching the first one. Yeah, nice to have that back. It is the final season on that one for sure. So toodles on that. Uh, Barry is coming back uh, in April. So I heard for one last season, yeah. Good, good. They need to wrap that up because it's getting long in the tooth. But uh, the last season was great. Uh, highly recommend that show. It is it is definitely different and All fun. Right. So and uh, I've actually been doing my thing where I back off from podcasts a bit and start to listen to music again. And I've been talking with some of my friends. Uh, we, we were bemoaning the fact that the kids don't seem to like the real music anymore and they're all just doing pop music. Mm-hmm. Found two bands to prove that wrong. Uh, both uh, one I found and uh, one uh, a friend of mine recommended. Mandy Indiana is the first band and uh, they are not from Indiana or Mandy. Okay. They're from the UK and actually the singer sings in French. It's industrial French. Oh, I love that. It's awesome. They only have I'm a couple songs out there, but totally worth a listen. Really, really good. The other band is called Soft Cult, and it's right in my wheelhouse. Female singer-songwriter, a bit shoegaze, a little bit dark. This is good stuff coming out of these kids. I'm excited. All right. I will definitely check out Mandy Indiana. I love I, – I, I don't know why. I just love French vocalists. Oh, you'll <laughs> dig it. Fan. You'll dig it. And it's all, all industrial sounding. It's like great. It's really good. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Apple Music Classical has launched. 
Mm-hmm. And originally I was like, why? Why did you spin this out <laughs> into its own app? Mm-hmm. Then I actually read the page on on that they that Apple put out and yeah. it makes a whole lot of sense. Yes, it does. Classical is its own thing and it needs yeah. its own thing. Yep. Yep. So yeah. uh, you can, if you're an Apple Music subscriber uh, or an Apple One subscriber like I am. And, I believe I am and, through you. So I can to check now this too. out. <laughs> yeah, my brother, my brother from another mother. Um, I, I downloaded it and I checked it out this morning and uh, it's a great interface. Uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm definitely in. I just got to make sure it works with my Sonos. Oh, yeah. here's another thing that pissed me off the other day. One of the other reasons I hate Spotify. I opened one of my favorite Spotify playlists to play on my Sonos in my house when I was cooking yesterday mm-hmm. and 80% of the playlist did not exist anymore Ugh, on Spotify. Yep, yep. And here's the thing. Here's the annoying part is that when it would get to a track, I just hit shuffle on the playlist. When it would get to a track that it was not there anymore, it didn't just skip it. It would just stop playing. <laughs> I'm like, thanks Spotify. Preach. But they have an AI bot now you can chat with. Yeah, can you can you play the next song AI bot please? <laughs> Assholes. Ups and doodads. I talked about my analog pocket that I got uh that took a year and a several months. Or something? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> could be though, could be though. Analog sweatpants <laughs> Going pocket. Going back to an earlier episode where you gave <laughs> one of those away, I believe. Oh man. Uh yes, <laughs> it's the Auto Blow 2. Oh man. Um this thing is really cool. I love playing Tetris on it. The Tetris movie's coming out, uh, getting mixed reviews, but yeah. I'll review it next week. Looks fun. Looks fun. Uh, the thing about it is it plays uh, Game Boy cartridges, but I'm like, okay, well, can I sideload some ROMs onto this thing? And they're like, no, you can't. Well, now you can. <laughs> some <laughs> some guy named uh, with the account Spiritualized over on GitHub has released a little hack to use the uh, open player on there. So I'm going to try that. There's a link in the show notes on how to play ROMs on the pocket. So I am going to give that a shot this week because um, this thing is really well built. I love the display. I just love playing Tetris. I mean, it's one of those things that just, I could do it for hours. And uh, uh, it was a big part of my college experience playing Tetris. Yep. Yep. The, The funny thing about it is it's like, you get into that brain mode where it's not its not even flow. It's kind of like um, – I don't know if you know much about – I'm sure you do because you took psychology. The default mode network that yep. you activate with when you're in the shower yep. and you, that's where all your ideas come from. If you play Tetris enough, you can access that same mode. And I, I just – I come up with some of my best ideas when I'm playing Tetris now. Yes, I've also heard if you play with your analog pocket enough, you can access that zone too. <laughs> yeah, you can do that too. You can do that too. You might fall off. Um, you go blind. Go blind. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Palmer. Um uh, the other thing about uh, Tetris that uh, uh, another psych- psychology uh, study showed that uh, PTSD, it helps prevent PTSD if you play Tetris before you go to bed after a traumatic event. I thought right. that was some fascinating research because of the way it rewires your brain to stop fixating on the events that happened. And they tested this on um, uh, military members who had like, you know, say lost a buddy from an IED that day. And right. it helped them with PTSD over time, which I thought was just fascinating. Very cool. And another blast from the past here. I found Delphi forums. Oh, my God. Do you remember them? I do. It's still there. And wow. it looks the same. Oh, my God. It does. <laughs> it looks the same. And it's still active. Well, it they is have a responsive active. design now, Jason. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but there's a lot of immigration cop forums on there, which I found oh. they're active, like okay. all these ICE people and Border <laughs> Patrol. This is where they hang out. So if you want to okay. go, you know, troll some immigration <laughs> cops, head over to Delphi forums. All right. Well, something that you and I are against is actually finally coming, unfortunately. Apple Pay Later. Uh, it took nearly a year, but the system is here. The company has launched Apple Pay Later for U.S. customers in a pre-release version that requires an invitation. If you're included, you can split your online Apple Pay purchases made from an iPhone or iPad into as many as four payments spread over six weeks. You cannot apply for loans larger than one thousand dollars, or and have it applied uh, and have to link to a debit card. But there are no fees or interest payments. Blah 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 blah. Apple won't share data with third-party marketers. I, I still think bad idea. Yeah, able to get into this, but I get they need to get into finance. And let's be honest, if you can actually afford an iPad, you probably don't even need this. So I don't quite get it, but there you are. Yeah, it's I, I don't like this. This, this preys on lower income people. Uh, I'm not 100% a fan of it. agreed. I don't like it. No, no. Uh, and we it got this it too easy. It just makes yeah. it too easy. Yeah. Yeah. Even the the pay later with the Apple credit card, I avoid. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, would you like to spread this over? You know, the next year. Uh, with zero interest on your credit card, it still dings your credit card and like takes away the limit. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to pay it over time. It's still like wacky. And even that is, it just gives me the creepy crawlies. Yeah, um, not a fan. No. Uh, and Dan writes, writes in real quick. Hey guys, just a quick message to share my experience this week. My wife bought a cheap Apple watch charger from Amazon recently during the night. There must've been a short in the cable. It set fire to itself, <laughs> cooked the Apple watch and then ignited back up the cable, burning anything in the near vicinity. Good job. Our smoke alarms were working. The alarm alerted us and woke us up, giving us enough time to put out the fire before it burnt our kitchen down. Lesson learned. Don't buy cheap cables and check your smoke alarms. People love the show. All the best, Dan. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. That's very um, scary. You got to be careful with the cables you're purchasing on Amazon. I I think we've kind of come to the conclusion that Amazon Basics is actually pretty decent. No, actually, that was one of the ones that blew up too. We we had a story about Amazon Basics USB-C cables uh, actually igniting a while back. Okay. Yeah. Check the reviews, people. Yeah. Yep. Um, But speaking of Apple, I did pick up an Apple Magic trackpad this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing a lot of editing and I'm starting to get a little bit of the old carpal tunnel in my, yeah. in my mouse hand. So I thought I'd, I'd try it out. They're, they're decent. I mean, I'm, it's, it's a learning curve for sure, Yeah. but, um, I'm getting my, I'm getting my gestures down and things like that. And it's, it's definitely helping my arm at night. I don't have to take as many Advil before I go to bed. So <laughs> that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. I did have to buy it using all the Apple stock that I sold because I'm going broke. So oh. I think I'm doing the stock market wrong. Well, you're doing it wrong for you, but you're doing great for me, Jason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. The dark side. Ha! With Dave. Welcome back to the dark side with Dave. Dave is the host of the Cyberwire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. Dave is also the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. And the Control Loop podcast, where they discuss ICS and OT. Welcome back, Dave. How you doing? <laughs> Yo, uh, well, thank you for having me back. And I feel like, uh, I feel a little bit like Rodney Dangerfield, where it's like, yeah, I feel great now, but I'll tell you, last week I was in rough shape, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Dangerfield uh, impression was in the back pocket the whole time. Yeah. Uh, well, who knew? Who knew? Uh, Rich Little over here. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Wow. I had um, 
had food poisoning last weekend. So, uh, yeah. So we record you and we recorded on Friday like we usually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went home and um, my family had ordered uh, pizza. You got food <laughs> so, poisoning from pizza? Ooh. Well, it was Pizza Hut pizza. Oh well. So, okay, say no more. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if you want to call it pizza or not, but so it was pizza and um, you know breadsticks and some kind of brownie dessert kind of thing. They must have had a special or something that somebody clicked on. But everyone else in my family ate it without any trouble, and uh, I had almost immediately afterwards. It set me into about thirty six hours of not being able to keep anything down, even water. Oh, and. So I was getting muscle cramps because I was getting dehydrated. Um, And it really made me wish that either I had a a loved one or a relative who was a nurse who could give me an IV drip (laughs) 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 or some kind of home IV uh, kit. You know they have delivery for that. They have Uber for IVs. At least they do here. Really, in LA. they do in LA. Yeah. In LA, they do. Yeah. No, you can get any kind of IV in your at, at your house in half an hour or less. Really, yep, including not a cocaine IV. Well, who <laughs> puts too. it in though? Like who's because I don't know how to stick a needle in my arm. Well, they Does do. Does nurse come they, with it? Yeah, yeah. Basically, really? they, yeah, they come with they come with a technician and a bag, and basically, you know, for like two hundred bucks, you can get uh, all sorts of different IVs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That sounds like such an L.A. kind of thing. Do they? That's what I'm saying. I don't know if they've got it there, but. (laughs) Can you buy? I'm just imagining also people sitting in an oxygen bar, you know, that that sort of thing. It sounds like the same. Woody Harrelson. (laughs) Right, right. So anyway, I mean, anyone who's been through that, and most of us have probably been through that, it is no fun. Um, And it's also the anxiety of thinking like, well, I'm really hungry now. I'm going to try to eat something. I feel as though I'm settled. And then, Nope. Not, no, not, not, not there yet. yet. Not good yet. Not nope. yet. Not yet. Uh, but the weird thing is all throughout – I guess it's not that weird. But all throughout this week, I've been – like even through today. So it's a week later and I don't have any appetite. Um, like I feel good when I eat and my body goes, hey, yay, you ate something. You're not hungry anymore. But I don't like – I don't feel like I want to eat at all right, right now, mm-hmm. which I guess is good. I could certainly afford – to drop a few pounds, but um, it's just strange. I feel as though my insides have been through a blender and um, <laughs> yeah, came out yeah. the other side. Yeah, that is the probably one of the worst experiences that isn't uh, fatal. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that one can have right. with one's right. body. Uh, it really, <laughs> even is. though when, when you're in the midst of it, it's you, you kill me now. Yeah. Yep. Just kill me now. <laughs> I, I've I've been lucky to only have it twice in my life, but the one one time was so bad, and I, I was living in London at the time. I think it was like '97, so I was like wow. mid, mid early mid twenties, something like that. Uh, with my girlfriend, and we had decided we wanted to celebrate American Thanksgiving. Uh, she was vegetarian. Uh, but cooked me a turkey, which you know, very nice. <laughs> mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she obviously did not eat the turkey. Uh, so it was only <laughs> me that got the spewing out both ends twenty four hours to forty eight hours. Had to throw out a rug 
uh, yeah. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Right. That's the other fun part. Will I make it? Will I make yeah. it there? Often, no. Well, uh, and it, you can only point one end at a receptacle at a time, which is also exactly. problematic. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes, that's true. That is no. True. Remember yeah. that time I, I actually I talked about it on the show because I was out for a week one time. I, I, I bought do. some I bought some prosciutto. And mm-hmm. put it in the fridge. And then I forgot that I went to Chicago for a week. And when I came back, I, I grabbed the prosciutto and, and I gave a piece to the cat. And the cat said, nah, I'm good, <laughs> which should have been my first <laughs> first tip off. And I, I wolfed it. And then, yeah, I was in bed for seven days. That's when I watched. Uh, the, I only remember because that was when I watched the entirety of like the first six seasons of The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I don't know what's mm-hmm. worse, the the show or the the food poisoning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah, still can't my, eat my, prosciutto to this day. No. Well, that yeah, I, trust me, I have no desire for Pizza Hut pizza uh, anytime. <laughs> Not that it was high on my list of culinary yeah, really. <laughs> favorites anyway. But yeah. um, the other fun uh, food poisoning story I'll share with you um, is that uh, when my wife and I got back from our honeymoon, and uh, we are coming up on 30 years this fall, so Ooh, wow. it was a long time ago. Yep. Yeah. So when we, my wife and I were on our honeymoon, which was uh, we went out to California and drove down the coast and ended up, wait for it, Brian, Disneyland. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shocking. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> um, when we got back from our honeymoon, well, let me back up a little bit. When we went to go on our honeymoon, my wife was deadly ill with food poisoning. And mm-hmm. she said – she's like, honey, I don't know if I can get on the plane. I was like, come on. Be a trooper. You can do it. You can do it. She got on the plane. We actually flew into San Francisco. She spent the first two days just in the hotel room in San Francisco. <laughs> and I went out and got plain white rice and you know, stuff to <laughs> kind of hold her over. So that was that and she hung in there and she felt better and you know by the time we got to Disneyland she was in great shape so that was what mattered most. Um but when we got home we learned that we had poisoned the entire wedding party. Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh turns out that everyone who had been to the rehearsal dinner except for me uh had been poisoned. So so, so this new one was just yeah, this new one was just payback for that since right. you were the only one. <laughs> right, exactly. Sick. Yeah, all my relatives have been biding their time, <laughs> yeah. just waiting for the right moment to sneak in. Yeah. So the uh, the original thing we nailed down to being, we're pretty sure it was a Caesar salad at our rehearsal dinner that uh, did everybody in. But uh, yeah, good times, good yeah. times, <laughs> fun fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I recommend uh, ginger ale and applesauce. That's what got me through. Right. Yes, yes, uh, yes. That's that's exactly right. I and I've been drinking. I've been sipping ginger ale this week, and um, the, one of the first things I nibbled on was a banana, which evidently is another one that's oh, good potassium. Good little yes. oh, and don't forget good old food. saltines. Mm-hmm. Well, that, they only exist because of food poisoning, as far as that's right. As I'm concerned. <laughs> Why else would anyone eat one of those <laughs> dry, dusty things? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. saltines. Saltines are the exciting version of matzo. So. That's right. Ooh, it's a wild man. It's like it's like it's like the tattooed matzo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh God. Uh, Jerry wrote in uh, in regarding our conversation last week about car rentals. Uh, he says there's a service called Turo, which is the exact combination of Hertz and Uber, a car sharing marketplace. My concern hmm. being, it's the 
negative sides of Hertz and Uber combined. (laughs) (laughs) The worst. That's the worst of both worlds. Sure. Sure. I did take a look at the the page. Uh, I don't know if I would do that. It's it's basically people putting up their own cars. Like it's weird. Oh yes. Yeah. I have seen that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to dip my toe there. I don't think. But uh, the thing I've seen about a fungal infection. That's why. Where I've considered something like Turo is there are times when I've thought to myself, boy, wouldn't it be nice to have a Porsche 911 to drive around in this weekend? Right. I don't want to own one. And I don't want to borrow one. My high school reunion is coming up and I kind of want right. to show up right. in style. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. This is my car. But All the funny thing day. is, again, going back to services that probably only exist in Los Angeles, there are no lack of rental places that have Bugattis, Lamborghinis, Porsches. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, I see them every, every time I go to Las Vegas. Of course, they're all over the place there. Um and it's also one of those things where I'm not sure I want to borrow one from a friend because I do have friends who have fancy cars and things like that. But I'd just be afraid that I would either do something bad or wear it out in some strange way and, you know, right. I'd affect my friendship. So sometimes a rental car is just the way to go. And some of these things like Toro, I think they cater to that as well. Yeah. Yeah, insurance and, and uh, being able to give it back without ruining a friendship is definitely a plus for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, shall we talk Mandalorian? I know I saw it on the list of uh, media candy, but yeah, uh, we were waiting to we see if, if you were caught up. So. I am caught up. Yes, okay. I, I right. caught up last night, so I am all the way caught up uh, so far. It so is a good. different show think? now. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you mean that? It is It is no longer a Western about uh, the lone Mandalorian with his charge. It is definitely uh, the story of the Mandalorians. They need to add mm-hmm. an S to the end of the title at this point. But uh, I'm all for mm-hmm. it. I'm loving it. It's great. I'm enjoying it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it's uh, it's interesting how this show has evolved and continues to evolve and touches so many parts of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. without movies right now. Uh, me me as well. I don't even want a movie, especially if it's not from – if it's coming from – the directors that are being tipped right now, none, none of which I think are going to give a compelling story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I, I like the show a lot. I, I can't wait to see where it goes. We still, I, we're not even, what are we, four or five episodes in now? So we're not five, even half, I think. halfway five. through maybe. Yeah. Ish. So we'll see. I, I think it's very, very good. Yeah. What do you think, Jason? I don't know where they're going with the whole Grogu story though. He's just kind of a, a bit player now. Yeah. Um, but that's you know, okay. Yeah. I guess it is called The Mandalorian, not Grogu. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, he was the breakout character and uh, applied to every T-shirt in the world. But uh, (laughs) they can't uh, do away with him. Don't forget the Chia Pets. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm digging it, though. I I, I like it. I I like the change. I like that they're moving along and evolving the story, not just doing the same story over and over again. So Mm -hmm. it was also really nice to have basically a straight up full on action episode. Like it was Mm -hmm. just battle and fights and it was great. So, yeah, yeah. My son was asking uh, – we were talking about how now it's inevitable that Grogu will get his own little Mandalorian helmet, which is going to be adorable. <laughs> and like are his ears going to poke out of the sides or you know, who God, knows? Are, so. they gonna fi- <laughs> are they going to find a way to put little metal Foxy, ears on the sides? Fox side? metal yeah. ears, yeah. Right. Probably. 
Because, um, but uh, he brought up an interesting question, which is, as far as we know, are all Mandalorians that we've seen so far humanoid? Yes. So Grogu would be the first. I believe so, because they're all mm-hmm. from the same planet, right? It's they're yeah. all from Mandalore, so the Mandalorians are from Mandalore, and that's that. So, but our Mandalorian isn't right. He was a foundling. Is he from Mandalore? Oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. They, they do pick them up as they go. So, hmm. right, right. It's just okay. I, we I, we haven't seen any other aliens, and it's possible that there's somebody underneath one of those helmets that is, yeah. and maybe we'll find out about that. But it seems like Grogu is the first real departure from a humanoid Mandalorian. Right. Mm. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. E- eagle eye on that kid you got there. <laughs> he's he is definitely right. that kid. Yeah, he is definitely <laughs> he's definitely that kid who thinks through all the possibilities. Yeah, it's fun. All right. Uh well, we actually do have some security news in here in case we weren't going to go on for 30 minutes on uh on on basically pooping and vomiting at the same time, which we haven't. So, <laughs> Speaking I, of the dark side. Yes, I did see this. The Biden administration is banning federal agencies from using commercial spyware, which uh, mm-hmm. I think is a long time coming and I think we're all on board with. Uh, yep. The order applies to all departments, including those involved in law enforcement, defense, and intelligence. It prohibits the use of spyware in the that in the past was used to disclose non-public information about the U.S. government. Uh, it does not provide a list of affected spyware vendors, but one assumes it's going to be the big ones like the NSO group and Cytrox and all that sort of stuff. So uh, a step in the right direction, I guess. We'll at I least publicly so. say we're not using this and let our black ops continue to do so. Yeah. Um, ben Yellen and I talked about this this week on Caveat. It was Ben's main story. And uh, his take on it seems to be that this is – more than anything, probably a diplomatic statement right. of us taking a leadership position globally. And because um, what was it? Just the past couple of days, uh, President Biden had his. There was some uh, summit on for democracy, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so this allows him to say, "We as a nation are taking this position that spyware is bad." Um, the fact of the matter is, there are enough loopholes in this thing to drive a Mack truck through. <laughs> so. It's more of a aspirational statement of intentions than something real. Um, kind of like a, come on, guys, let's all stop using this. We'll stop. Yeah, Are you guys going to um, stop? Because if you don't stop, we're not going to stop. <laughs> yeah, I think Ben was saying that um, there are some agencies that will likely be directly affected immediately, like I think some of the border control agencies right. who use this stuff to um, to do the things they do. They may find themselves having this tool taken away, but the presumption is that our spy organizations have their own stuff, and right. so this really isn't going to affect them, and nor, nor should it for espionage, but um, – as a policy statement, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Why not? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a little follow-up here. We talked about how this new AI voice revolution is going to be a problem for, for us with scams. And the FTC is finally coming out and saying, hey, guys, this is going to be a problem with scams. <laughs> right. <laughs> Specifically, the old family member in distress scam where you get mm-hmm. the text message or the voicemail saying, hey, I'm, I'm stuck in jail in Guatemala. Please send money now. Um, right. Uh, now with being able to clone someone's voice off of a very small sample, 
which you can get from anybody's TikTok videos or Instagram reels or basically anything anywhere. You can get somebody's voice um, that they can clone it and make it sound, you know, a hundred times more real. Uh, just basically giving you some advice saying, hey, if you get one of these, call them back just to make sure, right. <laughs> you know, that's the first right. thing. That won't stop it if it's got, you know, if it's part of a more uh, sophisticated attack, like they do a SIM card swap with the person that you're targeting and they call back and then they're ready for you kind, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, uh, calling them back will stop this dead in its tracks 99% of the time. So if you ever get one of these, just, you know, star 69. <laughs> Right. Oh, do. <laughs> oh that man, that's a deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, phone freaking. We was speaking uh-huh. of the old days at Disneyland. That's a there used to be banks of uh, payphones throughout Disneyland, and we definitely uh, used to figure out. Uh, we had figured out ways to do uh, free phone calls. We had learned all the different phone codes that you could do. It was oh, I miss those days. Good old days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when we were at Disney World, um, I actually have a picture of my two boys. There was a payphone, you know, in a little you – know, like where the restrooms are, you know, how they have payphones in some of those areas. It's <laughs> just a picture of my two boys looking at this thing like, what is, is this, this a gag? Like is this <laughs> – you know, if I pick this up, is Mickey Mouse going to talk to me? What, what, is this actually – you know, I don't This is where like Superman how... used to go change in the 50s. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> and uh, I wonder how many kids today, these kids today, even know what a dial tone sounds like. Oh wow! My son was so confused that. when we put. Uh, we decided we after we moved here, we just don't. You know, I haven't had a landline for ages, and we didn't even right. have one in Santa Monica anymore. But after we came here, we decided, well, we might as well just get one of the digital voice over IP landlines. So, you know, if Lucas is home, we can teach him how to call for something because he doesn't have a cell phone, and he just. It, it took a while to explain to him that this is also a phone. right right. the shape is weird what do you mean it's connected and then what huh that's a phone it doesn't look anything i I can't look at pictures (laughs) he's gonna be staring at it yelling at it alexa call the police alexa call the police pretty much yeah 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 (laughs) well it goes back to i know we've i think we've talked about this here before about the legacy of um why is it when you end a phone call you say you're going to hang up yeah Exactly. Kids don't know what that means today because nope. they didn't have phones that hung on the wall, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They're going to hang up. Let me hang up. Or dial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I saw two things this week. One, this damn fire TV, even though it's turned off, I was reading uh, an audio book and there was a, a call back to Alexa in it. And then I just kept hearing this ding every time I'd say it. I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on here? I'm looking at all the apps <laughs> on my computer, looking at my phone. And it turns out it was the damn TV that was off. That was saying, hey, what do you want? I'm like, I want you to shut the hell up. (laughs) So I had to finally turn it off. (laughs) So, Jason, I have an idea about this FTC thing with the the voice scammers. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe for next week's show, if we can get get around to it, you and I should each, independently of each other, create robo-soundboards of ourselves. Okay. Right? So just come up with a collection of... Automated responses in a soundboard of things that we think are going to be the most useful generic things, and then we can have them. Maybe we'll do an experiment. We'll have them talk to each other. We'll control them. All right. I will try to run the show, and you guys will use nothing but but your two soundboards. <laughs> right. Okay. We'll see. We'll see how awesome it'll be. 
Right. <laughs> right. I've got Just a pretty do... good, I've been, I, I actually uh, have a paid account at 11 labs now and I've got a really good voice going on there. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine's pretty good, but it's pretty it. flat. <laughs> yeah. Mine's pretty flat, but, but we'll see what happens with it. That might be fun. So maybe we'll do that next week. <laughs> Okay, right. that's homework. We're not. We're generally not good at that, but we'll try. <laughs> I know. Well, that's. I. You know, I'm not putting a hard deadline on it. I'm just saying. You know, maybe if if we get around to it, maybe it'll happen. Well, I'm not, adding it to we'll things it here. List. So there you right. go. try not to tell me when you guys are doing it. Oh, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> um. Finally, I went down a little bit of a rat hole this week. Uh, I don't really remember what led me to it, but. I ended up chasing down an arcade game, an old, original, first-generation arcade game based on very little more than a sense memory that I had. Mm -hmm. And this sense memory I had was from I, – I was probably 9 or 10 years old. And I remember for some reason my family was on a road trip somewhere and we were staying in a hotel somewhere. And the hotel had a – a pool and a little game room and by game room I think they had I think they had two video games and a pinball machine right right um, and I remember one of the games was Space Invaders mm -hmm. and this is when Space Invaders was brand new and the other game was what I was trying to figure out what this thing was and I have this sense memory of this particular sound effect I had a sense memory of a certain kind of movement. I remembered it was a vector game. Um, and I remembered that it was a Star Wars ripoff. But it wasn't <laughs> Star Wars. Right. And this would have been probably around 1978 or so. So this was the first run of Space Invaders. And this particular game was also new in the arcades. And what it led me to was a game called Starhawk. Now, are either of you... Have any? Do you have any recollection of Starhawk? No. None. <clears throat> I vaguely remember playing some <laughs> vector-based game, but I remember it, it rotated around in a circle. I can't even remember what that was called, but yeah, I don't remember this one now. But okay. I can see the pseudo TIE fighters in these images. Right. Yeah. Right. So Starhawk, <laughs> which came out in '78, and of course, probably the most well-known vector uh, arcade game is Star Wars. Right. right. I mean yeah. that, and that's just I remember a classic. That, yeah. that mm -hmm. is a great game. Right. And, mm -hmm. and they really hit it out of the park with that one for what they were capable of doing at the time. So this was way before that and really was just ripping off the Star Wars trench run. Um, mm -hmm. Brian, not a by great the way, game. You're thinking of Tempest, by the way, Brian. Tempest. Yes, that was it. Perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Tem yeah. Tempest was a great game. Um, so this game, Starhawk, was ripping off the Star Wars trench run. Uh, basically, this trench is scrolling by and every now and then spaceships come by and you have to shoot them and one of the spaceships looks just like a TIE fighter. <laughs> I was going to say, looks surprisingly like a TIE fighter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as we know, they never got a cease and desist from <laughs> Lucasfilm, but uh, but who knows. Um, so anyway, I, I was able to track down this game and sure enough, it was it's a rare game today. Uh, I'll, I'll include a link to a YouTube video from a guy who restored one. Um, it's remarkably handmade. He goes into how just shitty the joystick controller is on it. <laughs> um, but this led me down a little Space Invaders rat hole uh, because Space Invaders was the other game sitting next to us. And this was the time – so I don't know if you guys remember like your parents would give you a dollar and say go away. Mm -hmm. And then you go 
you'd play four video games, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what you did. And you come back 10 minutes later and they'd say, where's your dollar? And you'd say, well, I spent it on video games. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went down this Space Invaders rat hole, one thing I learned was Space Invaders was the first game that didn't have a timer built in hmm. um, of this kind of shoot 'em up game. And Starhawk has a timer. It's like a two-minute timer. And if you get a certain number of points, then the, you get an extra 20 seconds or an extra 30 seconds. But Space Invaders was the first game that did not have a timer that let you play until you got your – you lost all your lives. But right. then also it was the first game that had a soundtrack that was independent of sound effects. The mm-hmm. little uh, – I think that. it's like a – yeah, I think it's like a D minor chord or something. It's like the doom, 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 <laughs> yep. doom. It gets faster and faster and faster. I also learned that the whole thing with Space Invaders where they get faster and faster and faster, that was an unintended uh, side effect of the way the game was programmed. They didn't design that into the gameplay at first, but the system that they were using – the fewer space invaders it had to draw, the faster they <laughs> the could faster move. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And they were that's yeah, funny. and they were like, well, this works. This <laughs> this this is fun. And that's why it is that way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Rig- yeah, isn't that's that great? Amazing. So that's amazing. So you know, you're just making me go back to my early days in, in arcades. And actually it's funny because you would have been at Disneyland a little bit after my purview there if you went you know, 29-ish years ago uh, yep. with your wife. Um, that was shortly after I would have stopped going to Disneyland. So I wonder if the arcade was th- was still there. There was there used to be a massive arcade uh, just to the right of uh, Space Mountain. And yes. I spent much of my childhood right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I played an awful lot of Spy versus Spy, which was my favorite game at that point. Oh, so, yes. that's interesting. Oh, boy, I sunk a lot of money there. Okay, I don't, I don't remember I the spy versus spy game. I remember Spy Hunter or Spy Hunter. Yeah. Sorry, Spy Hunter. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spy yes. Hunter was one of my, is one. Of, I would say if I had a list of uh, video games, mm-hmm. I wish I owned a sit down Spy Hunter would be uh, near the top of the list. Oh, Probably they had sit- that at Disneyland, and I yeah. sat down a lot. <laughs> yeah, sit down uh, Star Wars would be another one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. the sit down Star Wars was my favorite. Yeah, oh. so good, so good. And if anybody wants to go back to the uh, the archives of Grumpy Old Geeks, look for the episode with Mark Cantor where he talks about working with Henry Mancini on the soundtrack for Spy Hunter. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is classic. Such a good one. There is a YouTube video uh, that has the entire soundtrack from beginning to end of the Spy Hunter game. And sometimes I just listen to it because it's so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I miss right. arcade games. We're so old. Much. Yeah, we are. But you know what? Those were those were good times, though. I mean, it's a very it's a different thing. And, you know, the kids. It's funny. I was uh, my my youngest son, Jack, is playing um, lacrosse right now. He's on the JB lacrosse team. And we were at a lacrosse game and I was sitting talking with one of the other parents and we were comparing notes on our spring break plans. And she said, uh, you know, the kids are all just going to put their headsets on and yell at their friends (laughs) over over video games, which is what they all seem to do these days. But yeah. Yeah, going the ritual of going to the the arcade, uh, something that uh, a certain generation I think cherishes, and uh, oh, very much so. I yes. wonder what the is there equivalent to that today? No, they I, sit I, on the couch and they're playing everything on their phones. So yeah, mm-hmm. or yeah. Uh, or in there like now I got my PS Five and I play Call of Duty at night, and <laughs> it's it's like playing a movie. You know, it's crazy how good it is. So right, I can yeah. see why they would never want to go anywhere else to play. Yeah, yeah, I'm but just wondering out. where. <laughs> 
Right. I mean, is is that a is that a type of socialization that is just gone? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. 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 No, they're never going to know putting your quarter on the glass to be next up. <laughs> right, that's right. Right, right. That's right. The other thing is uh, uh, learning remember, learning everybody's three letter codes for for yeah. well. Remember the high how, many, um, yeah. how many how uh, many video game machines had um, like burn marks in the plastic from people when you could smoke in arcades? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, right. <laughs> people would lay their cigarettes on the sides of the machines <laughs> and burn a hole in them. Nice. Yeah, oh, I'm nostalgic now. <laughs> I sense rabbit holes in my future this evening. There you go. Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got new member Nadev. So welcome very much. And everybody, patreon.com slash GOG. Get the show early and high res. That's right. And over at PayPal, we've got Charlie, Matthew, Judge, Simon, Matt, and Jonathan. Thank you all so much. Yep. Over the tip jar, we've got Adam, Ashley, and Stan for a big 40 bucks. Woo. Thank you, Stan. Thank you. And a shout out to Shofan Jackal. He sent me a video on Twitter about his stroke recovery and uh, getting out of bed on his own now. So good for you, man. Keep it up. Keep it up. I know how hard it is. I know yep. it's very hard. You're way <laughs> way worse than I was. So I'm proud of you. Keep going. And uh, sadly, in memoriam, Gordon Moore, the uh, the coiner of the term Moore's Law, passed away yep. at 94. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out yep. uh, reading his bio, he was a problematic kind of guy. <laughs> So. He was a shit disturber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe not the nicest guy out there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. There you go. 94. Good run. Nice women don't make history. Isn't that the saying? Wait, we don't have genders anymore, right? Yeah. No, yeah, that's right. That's okay. right. Yes. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 595. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel. If you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans, you can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy.